soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. But this is how intense it was. So she can't even have a kid. She gets her maid to have this be the surrogate mother, which didn't work too well for grandmother Sarah, by the way, with Hagar. And she says, ah, wrestling. I wrestle with my sister and I'm prevailing. And then of all of it that gets my attention is when she finally has a son and all she can do is say, I'm going to have another son. Did you catch that? I suppose there's two ways you could look at this. And I have to be fair to Rachel. Because she said, give me a son lest I die. And she died while having a son. The irony of that. But she called his name Joseph, which means fruitful. But she wasn't really speaking about him being fruitful, which later on Jacob will prophesy over him. And he was fruitful. Joseph is a fruitful bow there in the latter part of Genesis. She calls him fruitful because she's can't, she's already proclaiming the next son she's going to have. So either she's speaking a word of faith, if you will, like I'm believing in God for my next son, which technically is true, or even when she has a son, she can't even enjoy that because she's so consumed with the envy and the bitterness and the wrestling with her sister, that she's got to already be moving on to the next son. i got to have more sons because i got to catch up to, to my older sister who has six sons. I believe personally that's probably the case. But either way, it would seem she was never content. And I'm going to suggest to us tonight that she never really enjoyed her journey. I mentioned at the beginning of this year, I set down five bullet point macro goals for my life, and I've really enjoyed them this year. And number four was to be in the moment. I tend to be distracted. I tend to have vision and think about where things are going, looking around the corner. And the Lord's like, hey, let's just try in 2019 and be like right in the moment. Let's be in today. I'll look at a day planner, and I'll see the day, and I'm looking at the week and the month, and I'm like, I'm looking over here. I mean, we're planning a first quarter right now for worship, who's doing the sound, who's doing the words. I, I like to look ahead and stuff like that. I was like, let's just do today. And then the fifth thing was, is to serve people in the moment. So like when my wife's talking to me, I'm paying attention. When Zippy and Velzy show up, I stop everything, and that's all that matters. I was going to be doing this at 3.30 in the afternoon, but Lee and the grandkids randomly showed up, and you know what? What's better than this? What's better than that right now? What I want to do, I don't have to do. I have the flexibility. Like, let's get into their world and let's make connection with our grandkids. Because I have this moment. Oh, we'll see them for Christmas in 10 days. Maybe not. You might not be here in 10 days. This might be the last moment you get to see your grandkids. So talk with Zippy. Say something about the Lord to her. Pray a silent prayer over her. Pray a blessing upon her. 
be in the moment and think of others and appreciate what the Lord is doing in that moment. Don't be so caught up for the next thing because the next thing ultimately is to be with the Lord with no return to make up for things you didn't learn in the journey and fulfill or to, to be in a hurry and then all of a sudden there you are and you're in assisted living or memory care where they lock you down on the third floor after dinner. And why were you in a hurry? Why was there always something in front of you? Why was there always something more than what you had? We need to enjoy the journey and we need to enjoy the moment. God gave her a child. All that. And the, the, let's, let's enjoy Joseph. Let's, let's, let's worry about the next kid when the next kid comes. Yeah, let's just, let's enjoy this moment. Let's, let's enjoy Joseph. Let's enjoy this. And I think for me personally, what I see in the application here is truly to, to enjoy the moment of what God is doing in your life. Not to be complaining to other people about, give me this or I die. Not to be renting out your handmaiden for intimacy to your husband so you can just say, I've wrestled with my sister and prevailed, and you call that kid wrestling. I mean, these aren't stories that just happen like in days and weeks. These are years. And we got to let it go. We can't make it about the envy and the comparison to someone else. In Rachel's case, Leah. Your husband loves you. It's between you and the Lord with children. And he gave you a son. So rejoice in the one son and what he's doing. Rejoice in your mina and be faithful with it. Don't worry about someone who's got two or five. Be faithful with yours and rejoice in the Lord with that. And that's what we learn from Rachel. Now, Leah is interesting as we read on with Leah. In chapter 29, verse 35, she says, Now I will praise the Lord. Well, out of abundance of a heart, does a woman speak? She says, Now I will praise the Lord. Back in verse 30 of chapter 29, it says that he loved Rachel more than Leah. She truly was loved less. She could feel it. She could know it. And it just was there. So she was like this partner in intimacy that was for producing children. The whole relationship was awkward and choppy at best. And she really wanted to be loved by her husband, which is a natural thing. God's designed women to be that way and men to love them like Christ loves the church. And so you can see her progression. Reuben is, well, it's Reuben, she called his name Reuben. The first one says, the Lord has looked on my affliction. She says, you know, the Lord sees what's going on in my life. That's not, that's not, I like that. It's good for you when you feel like things are unfair and not going right. Hey, the Lord sees this. The Lord sees this and be sure he does. Then she had Simeon and she says, the Lord has heard. God sees and God hears and he does. So everything she's saying is true. And then she says that with Levi to be attached. Well, that's what she really wanted. Surely third time's the charm. Surely now he's going to love me and really embrace me with the intimacy that God's designed from the foundation of the world for man or woman. I'm not just going to be an object to him, but the apple of his eye. No. But it is so cool when she has Judah and says, you know what? (laughs) Enough of Jacob. 
I'm going to praise the Lord. She's like, he is who he is. He is what he is. He is the way he is. He's a son of Adam. I love him. I want him to love me. No amount of children is ever going to have him love me the way I should be loved. The Lord will always love me the way I should be loved. I will praise the Lord. And from Judah comes the king, David. And from King David comes the king of the Jews, Jesus, and the king of kings, the Lord Jesus Christ. I will praise the Lord. So what we're seeing in her life is she's loveless, she's afflicted, she's very fertile and produces lots of children, but it doesn't produce the result that she wants. The irony of it all, like she wants to be loved like Rachel's love, and Rachel wants to have children like Leah's having children. But the difference is Rachel never found contentment or joy in the Lord in the confession of her words, only conflict and tension and strife. Whereas Leah's all, hey, you know, it took me a while, but I figured this out. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord because my fulfillment does not come in Jacob. My fulfillment comes in the Lord. God first, man second. We say our stewardships are the Lord, our marriage, and our children, and then the extended ministries he gives us. But the Lord has to be first because only he can bring us true abundant life, true joy unspeakable, and he's one that loves us unconditionally, and he will never leave us nor forsake us. God can't promise that people will not leave or forsake one another. God cannot promise that people will be faithful to one another, but he can promise you and promise me he will always be faithful to us. And that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And that all of his promises are yes, yes, and amen. Men and women, they make promises that are yes and no. Your bosses, your neighbors, your family, some spouses, some parents. But Jesus Christ is yes, yes, and amen. And she says, I will praise the Lord. Because my fulfillment is in the Lord. Or like Jesus said to the woman at the well, who happened to have multiple husbands, you drink from this water, you'll thirst again. You drink from the well I give you, you're good to go. I'll give you living water. Temporal, time, space, and matter. Eternal, the relationship with Christ. There it is. She's like the woman at the well. I'm going to praise the Lord. It wasn't husbands. It, was, it wasn't multiple husbands, but multiple kids to find the affection from a husband that the woman at the well was looking for with many different husbands. Same principle, really, if you think about it. The natural, uh, intimate affection that God's designed. She wanted to be loved. She never was loved by her husband that we know of. And she produced all these children. But look at the last child where she says this. I love this. Verse 19 of chapter 30. Then Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. And Leah said, God has endowed me with a good endowment. Now my husband will dwell with me because I've borne him six sons. Well, he did not dwell with her that we know of. But she called him Zebulun, dwelling. But she said, God has endowed me. God has blessed me. God has endowed me. It's an endowment. Like God has blessed me. I'm going to praise the Lord, and God has blessed me. She chose to receive the blessings, and she chose to bring and lift up the praises in an affliction of soul that, to our knowledge, never ended. It was an open-ended tab. We think, like, I like to close tabs of things I don't like emotionally. This tab, it just it was the gift that kept on giving. There might be things that God allows in your life that chafe you 
and grind you year after year, decade after decade. Remember Leah. We have no reason to believe she ever truly got what she was looking for. But in the midst of that life journey, she chose to enjoy that journey. She chose to praise the Lord and to bless the Lord who had blessed her. She was in the moment and she knew she was blessed. And to me, I just see a huge contrast compared to Rachel. And I find Leah's contrast far more favorable than Rachel in this drama. But there's one final thing we need to pull out of this text that really is the kicker on the whole story. There's lots of application there, obviously, from Rachel and Leah that we can receive and take. But in verse 2 of chapter 30, when Rachel demanded children from her husband Jacob where she dies, Jacob was angry. And he, he loved his wife, but he stirred up. He's like... <clears throat> and he says, uh, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? You notice everyone talks about God in this text. Did you catch that? Jacob talks about God. Leah talks about God. Rachel talks about God. They all talk about God. Let me say that again. Jacob talks about God. Am I God? What do you want me to do? I'm in the place of God. Rachel talks about God. And Leah talks about God. So in all this drama, Jacob, and we'll know a lot more about Jacob's drama at work. Jacob had so much drama at work going on at the same time. He'd go to work and have all this drama with his boss, changing his wages, doing this, doing that. And you come home, and they're like, hey, I got the mandrakes. You know, you go sleep with the, it's like, what, what? I just want peace. I just want everyone happy in all the tents. What would you like me to do? What's going to make you happy right now? What's going to go there? Okay. Because he just came from work, and Uncle Laban, father-in-law, just changed his wages again. We're going to see that his father-in-law changed his wages ten times and deceived him time and time again. When the wild beast devoured the flock, it was his loss. So you think, you're so faithful at work. You're making your boss money. Everyone's making money from you. You're a gravy train. You're a goose with a golden egg. And yet when something goes wrong, you have to eat it on your account. And your boss was nowhere before you came to work for him. But since you've been there, boom, 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 stocks up. People are investing. It's all good. You've made it all good. And yet when things go bad, they blame you and you have to eat it, as they say. You have to take the loss. We're going to see that in the next chapter. When this happened, when that happened, when there's a stillborn, whatever, it was on my account, not on yours. So he'd go to work in that work environment. It was extremely fruitful. The boss knew he was extremely fruitful. We'll see that in a couple of weeks. But he'd come home and he like this. So he's got that going on with their dad at work. Then he comes home and he's got this. Laban's going to talk about the Lord. Seems like everyone's talking about God and everyone has a different opinion of what God should be doing and on whose side God is on in these events and dramas and circumstances. And again, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Something goes wrong in a church, there's a little schism or division or whatever. It's like everyone's got an opinion. Like with the Calvary Chapel movement, it's like, well, is God with Brian Broderson or is God with Don McClure and those guys? Hey, you know what? Maybe he's with both. It doesn't always have to be an either or. And that's what I like about this story because guess what? He's with both. God is for people. God is trying to draw people to himself, 
to be the best version of them in the power of the Holy Spirit they can be in this brief journey of life in every generation. What he wants to do in each of our lives is to draw us to himself, to bring more of him and his character and his power in our life to be that best version of us. And when we have a falling out with people, like it says in Romans, as much as up to you, live peacefully with all men, Rachel, Leah, Jacob, Laban, 20 years of drama in the family, as much as up to you, live peacefully with all men. Leah seems to have navigated pretty well. Rachel, not so well. Jacob's going to work. Father-in-law, Uncle Laban, ripping him off, changing the, changing the contracts here and there. This has been going on for years. And yet, God is over it all and working in it all. So I draw your attention to what we see about the Lord in these passages. God's the final authority on all these things. And so he really just said, hey, Rachel, it's the Lord. What do you want me to do? Am I in the place of God? No, you're not. God met you on the way with Jacob's ladder, made a promise to you about your descendants after you're gone. He made a promise to you personally, and you made a vow to him as well. And so we read this. Am I in the place of the Lord? And as we look here, it says in verse 31 of chapter 29, the Lord saw Leah was unloved and he opened her womb. So she's just not saying the kid's name is the Lord sees. We're told by the Holy Spirit, the Lord does see. So don't ever doubt that God doesn't see what's going on in your life. Rejection, false accusations, slander, malice. This reminds us that the Lord sees. Just because an injustice runs a course doesn't mean God's hand is in the injustice. But don't ever doubt that he's not aware of the injustice. And don't ever forget in eternity, it'll all be made straight. There is no injustice in the kingdom. There are no more tears and sorrows in the kingdom. And the only way to have no tears and no sorrows is no injustice. Because injustices are quite often the foundation of the heartache of tears and sorrows. So for Leah, who was unloved, the Lord saw that she was unloved. He knew her emotion. God knows what it's like to be unloved and rejected by men and women, countries, nations, peoples, households. And he opened her womb. He blessed her. And he opened her womb. Specifically told that in this text. Now, when Jacob says, God's withheld from you the fruit of the womb, that's her husband's opinion for Rachel. But it would seem to be fairly valid. But the Lord saw and he opened her womb. Then in verse 17 of chapter 30, as Leah is the holding of the mandrakes and that whole story, in verse 17 it says, and God listened to Leah. So he saw what happened to Leah, that she was loved less. He opened her womb, and here years later we're told he's listening to Leah. He hears our cry. He hears your cry. He's listening. He sees. He knows. So in Leah's case, we can say from the text that God saw her situation that he moved in her life favorably to bless her, and that years later, he's listening to her and still blessing her. And she says, I'm going to praise the Lord. 
and I've, been, I've got a great endowment from the Lord. For Rachel, verse 22 tells us that God remembered Rachel. What he was working in Rachel's life is completely different than what he's working in Leah's life. He's got different plans for each one of them. But she's not the children of a lesser God or some distant cast-off. God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. The timing was different, and the amount of children was different. But it goes back to how we started, not being envious or comparing ourselves to other people, what God's doing for someone else versus what he's doing for us. In the home, in the family, at work, in society. But God remembered Rachel, God listened to her, and opened her womb. So let's, let's draw this comparison. For Leah, she's loveless, God listens to her, and opens her womb. Years later, we're told that God remembers Rachel. He listens to her and opens her womb. He blessed them both. And the detail of how he blessed them is technically identical. He listened and he opened. Leah listened, opened. Rachel listened, opened. And yet, with all this conflict and all this drama, you would have thought God's on her side or her side. And Jacob's in the middle. With great wrestling, why are they wrestling? They both are under God's blessings. God has a one plan for Leah and a different plan for Rachel. But why are they wrestling? And you see, like, in the end, God blessed them both. We are told that God listened to them both and opened both their wombs. God blessed them both. And yet, all that conflict. So what's our application? You didn't need the conflict. You didn't need the conflict. You just need to enjoy the blessings. And recognize the distinction of the plan for each person. Lots of kids for this person. Early on, that's what he had. But for you, those that wait on the Lord, they'll renew their strength and mount up with wings like an eagle. Like God just had a different plan. His promises are there. And what he has for each one of us is a purpose for his glory in time. And what he has for each one of us is a purpose for his glory for all eternity. But the amazing thing to me in this story is that identically, he heard them and he opened their womb. And all this telenovela, all this drama, it didn't need to be the extent that it was. That is for sure. There are many things in our life that we do not understand that are telenovela. There are many things in your home with your family, your adult children, there are things you don't understand with your extended family, your uncles, your aunts, your relatives, your cousins. There are trusts and there are estates and there are deeds and there are wills and there are gifted things and non-gifted things. There are so many things you don't understand. There are new in-laws coming to your family. The more kids you have, the more in-laws come into your family. And can I get a witness? Yes. And you got to just keep your mouth shut and pray hard that everyone has a happy ending. And even if they don't, Keep your mouth shut and pray hard and do your part to help ensure it's the best ending possible. There are so many things that we don't understand God's will on them with human relations and drama and telenovela. And so this story is a reminder to us, man, kids, mandrakes, husbands like, ah, what am I going to do? You know, and this and that and everything else. And, and it's like, it's so, it's like a chime that's tangled up that you can't untangle. 
So you need to step back by faith and say, your kingdom come, your will be done. God, your will be done. There are so many things that you can pray for in your life that you just do not know how this is supposed to look or is God on our side or on their side? Or you know what? And it seems so unfair. Listen, you don't know the end of the story yet. So we pray for God's will because God heard Leah and opened her womb and God heard Rachel and opened her womb. But their perspective on what was going on is completely different from what we can see in this text. So praise the Lord. Confess that endowment he has given you and give Jacob to the Lord, give the barren womb to the Lord, give the drama to the Lord, give it all to the Lord because it's the Lord's. And he's working on a picture that is so much bigger than us. We just see the drama of our timeline and our generation, but what about the subsequent generations that would come? We're just part of the overall picture and this is our timeline. Praise the Lord, bless the Lord, and know that his plans are so much bigger than us and we can trust him with it. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.